Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Noyes, joined by my good friend, Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? What's up, Holt? Man, what are we, four days away from the first week of games and then six days away from opening day of college football. It's like the week before Christmas. That's right, and uh, we actually had some games uh, yesterday, um, including our first SEC game of the season. Uh, Vanderbilt with the uh, not-so-pretty 35-28 win over Hawaii. Um Thoughts on that game? All I can say is that Vanderbilt offensive line, they got a lot of issues. I think that's the first thing everyone noticed when they watched Vanderbilt last night. That offensive line, if you can't protect against Hawaii, um, they're going to get crushed in the SEC. Of course, it is week zero. Um, they are going to have an extra bye week because of that. But, yeah, we got, we got a lot of issues there, especially in the offensive line. Other than that, I mean, the skill position players, I mean, I thought that, um, you know, the offense moved pretty well when the offensive line occasionally was, you know, protecting the quarterback. But other than that, um, there's a lot of issues in Nashville. Yeah, and that's the good news uh, for Vanderbilt is it is just week zero, so there is a lot of time to, to get better. Um, but I do think the overall talent level of their team is uh, much better than we've seen the last few years, especially at the skill positions, like you were saying. Uh, had a really nice uh, kick return for a touchdown, had some big plays on both sides of the ball. Um, so I do think that this they're still a little better than the you know, poor old Vanderbilt that some people are used to seeing, but um, still got a ways to go because Hawaii might be the worst or second worst team on their whole schedule, and they barely beat them. Yeah, that was not that was not good at all. And then that makes me even worried when they uh, go to uh, Wake Forest in a couple of weeks too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, today's podcast, uh, we are gonna just give our full season predictions for everyone. Um, obviously, we already got the one win for Vanderbilt. Um, question is, how many more they're gonna get? I guess, but. Uh, we will um, give our uh, SEC standings, our projected final SEC standings, as well as the conference champion for all Power Five conferences. Um, we're going to give our uh, Heisman Trophy winner, playoff teams, national champ. Uh, we got. We also both got a surprise team in the SEC, as well as a disappointing team, uh, offensive, def- offensive and defensive players of the year, as well as a breakout player uh, for the SEC. Does that sound good, JB? Yeah, all of that sounds good. Man, it's so exciting. I can't wait. Let's just go ahead and dive in. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're, I know you're getting anxious, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, you know, first of all, we'll just do our final SEC standings, um, 1 through 14, or you're going to do them by division. So let's just go ahead and do Let's start off with the East. What do you got? All right, so I did mine actually by record. So SEC East, I've got Georgia, 12-0, 8-0 in the conference. I've got Tennessee second, 9-3, 5-3 in the conference. Kentucky at eight and four, four and four. Missouri at eight and four, four and four. I got Kentucky winning that tie break. Um, South Carolina got them at seven and five, three and five in the conference. Um, I got Florida at four and eight, two and six, and then I have Vanderbilt at four and eight, one and seven. Moving on to the West, this is where things are going to get a little interesting. I've got first place Alabama at nine and three, six and two in the conference. I think you guys can probably figure out where I have Alabama losing a non-conference game here. Um, second, I've got LSU at 10-2, and 6-2 and two in the conference. After this, you know, I'm not even going to give you a final order because um, it's a three-way tie. I'll let the SEC rule book decide this one. But I've got Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss all at 8-4 and 4-4 and four and four and four in the conference. After that, I've got Mississippi State 7-5, 3-5, and then I have Texas A&M finishing last 7-5 at 3-5. and five. All right. Well, um I guess we'll go ahead and get into my next um, SEC East. Um, starting at the bottom, I have Vanderbilt 
Um, no surprise. I do expect uh, them to be in contention for a bowl game. Although I'm not as confident as I was this time yesterday. Um, just a couple of surprise games I'll throw in there. Maybe Ole Miss on the road was kind of a close game last year. Uh, Ole Miss pulled away late. They get Auburn at home. There's a couple of games to watch out for. I'm not saying they're going to win those two games, but you know they are going to need two conference games at least to make a bowl game. So those are two of them to watch out for. Um, next to last, I have uh, actually South Carolina at five and seven. And then um, Florida, Missouri, and then I have Tennessee third, Kentucky second, both at nine and three. But I have Kentucky beating Tennessee at home. And then, of course, Georgia 12 and 0, not that surprising. Although, um, I mean, really, my thoughts on Georgia this year are that they're uh, got a really, really easy schedule. I mean, just I don't know who on their schedule is even going to be able to challenge them just based on their talent level. Um, so I think a pretty, pretty easy 12 and 0 there for Georgia. Uh, moving over to the West, uh, a little bit more difficult, um, but I have Alabama winning the West, going 11 and 1. Um, I think that loss could come at home to Texas. I think that's probably the most likely one. Um, but obviously, they get LSU at home, um, you know, a couple other tough matchups, uh, as well as a road trip to Kentucky. I think they finished the season with one loss, but I'm not really confident enough to say where that loss is going to be. Um, I just think they're going to finish the season with one loss. Um, I have LSU finishing second, going 10 and 2. Uh, Mississippi State three at eight and four, um, and then after that I have um, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and then finishing last is Auburn. Um, I, I expect all those teams to be pretty even three through seven, um, so you could put those in just about any order you want. Um, really it's, just, it's just with Auburn, you know, obviously having to play um, Alabama and Georgia, um, just a tough draw. Although I do expect them to be up for those games and maybe surprise some people this year. Um, I just don't think that they're where they need to be. Um, and I don't think six and six is necessarily a bad season for Auburn this year. I think that they're going to show in some big games that they're, you know, uh, still competitive. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got up to eight and four or anything like that. I mean, it's really three through seven is just kind of it's interchangeable. Yeah, those three to seven. I mean, that's that's the hardest order I think to pick in the West. I mean, I could even argue in the East um, between you know three to seven is also the same way in the east i mean we have two top teams in the east and the west for most people after that it is pretty interchangeable yeah and then you look at ole miss also um also drawing alabama and georgia this year unfortunately as well as a really tough road trip to tulane out of conference um so it's going to be a really tough game i do expect them to win that one but it's definitely something to keep an eye on um you know and i, I don't think ole miss is going to be bad this year at all i just think that they have they drew the hardest schedule um, Arkansas and Mississippi State got a little bit more favorable schedules this year from the SEC. So they did. Um, so and then just Mississippi State again being just a veteran team. Um, just I'm, I feel kind of confident in them just to at least be solid. Um, so anyway, moving on, uh, we'll go ahead and give out our five Power Five conference champions. Um, we'll go ahead and start with you with the SEC, JB. All right. So my SEC champ. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say Georgia. But, you know, a lot of things could change between now and then. I mean, I, we're all just spitballing at this point. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say Georgia is my SEC champ. Um, who's your SEC champ? I have Alabama winning the SEC this year. Um, the reason why I say that is um, I think Alabama has a tougher schedule. I think they come into this game with one loss. Um, and I think Georgia kind of just coasts her way through the regular season um, without having to face a lot of adversity. And I think Alabama's going to come in a lot more, you know, calloused, a lot more, um, you know, with something to prove. Um, and I just, 
I just really like uh, Nick Saban in those big games. Um, you know, Georgia still, I mean, even though they have one back-to-back national titles, they really only did beat Alabama the one time. And, I mean, I'm not trying to put any excuses out there. I mean, Georgia earned it, but, you know, obviously they, Alabama had the re- injuries at receiver, which is, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from Georgia, but I would like to see Kirby Smart take down Nick Saban in a big game, like, you know, with a convincing win um, to kind of finally – Take the cement himself yeah, as cement the top himself dog as in the SEC. Yeah, there's exactly. not there's not a push and pull anymore. Exactly. Um, but I expect uh, Alabama to win uh, the SEC. Um, and then, why don't you go ahead with your other four uh, Power Five champs? Sure. So I'll start with the ACC. For the ACC, I've got Clemson um, in in this championship. So that should be a that's going to be a really tough division. I mean, between Clemson and Florida State, I just kept going back and forth between those two. But Clemson having Florida State at home gives them the edge. I got Clemson here. Big Ten champ, I've got Michigan. Um, But, you know, just elaborate on that real quick. I've got a three-way tie in the Big Ten East Division between Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. I have them all at 11-1. I don't know how it's going to be sorted out, but I'm going to assume Michigan is probably going to get the nod here. I'm I'm just making assumptions here. Um, I guess – Maybe just where based on their ranking at the time, I'm going to say it's going to be Michigan. Um, Big 12 champ, I've got Texas. Um, Pac-12 champ, um, this is probably the most wide-open conference. I can't wait to watch the Pac-12 this year. It's sad because this is the last year, but ironically, this is probably the most parity the Pac-12 has had. I mean, you got USC, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. Um, I know I'm forgetting another school, too. Yeah, I mean, Utah. Utah, yeah, Utah. I mean, all five of those teams – could easily have a legit argument to win the conference. Um, I'm picking USC just based off how their schedule lines up. I'm going to go with USC here. So there you have it. Clemson, Michigan, Texas, and USC, the other four Power Five conference champs. Yeah, I, uh, I'm also really much looking forward to the Pac-12. Um, I have Oregon winning the Pac-12 this year. Um, you know, obviously, SEC fans are very familiar with Bo Nix. Um, I think uh, – they're going to be a really exciting team this year. The reason why I like them in the Pac-12 is, um, aside from Utah, they're really the only team out there who is going to play solid defense. Um, and I think their schedule is kind of fair. They do have a really tough road trip week, too, at Texas Tech. Um, that's a game that could really go either way. Um, so, I, uh, you know, I mean, that is a tough game, but it's not a conference game. Um, so I like Oregon to, uh, to win the Pac-12. I, my issues with USC are just, you know, defense and lines of scrimmage. I think when they play more physical teams like Oregon and Utah, they're really going to struggle. Um, and, I, I, you know, Caleb Williams is awesome. I mean, they've got some electrifying playmakers for sure. They're definitely going to be an incredibly exciting team to watch. Washington is going to be a very exciting team to watch this year. Awesome Michael on Penix. I mean, man, like Michael Penix. There's going to be some great Pac-12 games this year, uh, without a doubt. Um, but I just, I think Oregon with their ability to play defense and man, some of the transfers they they added. I mean, everyone adds transfers, but Oregon got some dudes on defense in the transfer portal. So I, I think that they, uh, I think they're in a position to be uh, a really dangerous team with the you know fifth year senior quarterback with a ton of experience. Um, a ton of talent on defense and a defensive coach, obviously Dan Lanning, who's coached some great defenses. Um, I just I like Oregon this year uh, to win the Pac-12. Um, you know, I think Utah takes a little bit of a step back this year just because of some of the concerns at quarterback. Um, but I still expect them to be a really solid team. 
Yeah, uh, me too. Um, cam rising too. It's it's really right from latest reports we've seen. It's fifty fifty whether or not he's going to be available for the opener, and that's going to be you know big for Utah. They really need to have him ready this Thursday night. I mean, I don't know what reports you've seen, but um, there's they're not ruling out that Cam Rising could be available this Thursday for Florida, but I think it's all going to depend on you know what they're trying to put out for Florida coaches to keep their um, keep themselves honest. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, if you're Utah, you know, obviously Florida's not a conference game, um, you know, so you wonder if maybe they're going to try to get him a couple extra weeks of rest to save him up for conference play or if they want to go ahead and put him out there because I don't know what other options they have other than to play him. And they um, have a junior, that's a third string, and then they have a walk-on. That's yeah. Or, no, sorry, a freshman and a walk-on, a junior yeah. walk-on. That's all so. they have. <clears throat> but, uh Anyway, moving on to the Big Ten. Um, also have a really tight race there, man. It's uh, The Big Ten East is going to be really exciting this year also. Um, you know, Penn State is who I have winning the Big Ten. Um, I feel <laughs> I don't feel great about it at all. Um, I actually have Ohio State losing two games. I'm not exactly even sure how it's going to happen because um, <laughs> their schedule, they uh, it looks pretty favorable for them too. Um, but I do have Ohio State losing at Michigan. I have Michigan losing at Penn State, and then I have Ohio State losing some other game along the line. Uh, I'm not I'm exactly upset. I'm not exactly sure where they got upset somewhere. Um, I just like Ohio State has been uh, a really good team. They're always consistently in the running for the Big Ten. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won the conference this year. I think ESPN FBI actually has them as a pretty heavy favorite to win the Big Ten, but I have Penn State um, upsetting uh, Michigan at home. In a big win, and then going eleven and one, um, making the playoff and winning the Big Ten. Um, ACC, I have Clemson. Um, this really just comes down to it's Clemson and Florida State, and the Clemson game is it Clemson Florida State game is at home for Clemson. So, not not a whole lot of uh, of thought really put into that. I mean, I just don't think anyone in the ACC has the ability to uh, compete with Clemson or Florida State. Um, I think it's really going to come down to that one game, and I just like Clemson a little bit more right now, especially having that game at home. Exactly. Yeah, and, and all, I mean, it's awesome, too, that Clemson has a challenger right there with them. I mean, I think if Florida State is more than capable of going to, to Death Valley and winning at Clemson, too. So, you know, I'm glad to see another program that's going to be challenging um, Clemson going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it's, it's been a long time because it seems like it's really just been – Clemson and everybody else in the SEC for a long time now. So I'm really hoping that Florida State can step up and at least give them some competition. Um, and then obviously North Carolina with Drake May. It's going to be, you know, an explosive offensive team. But, you know, obviously a lot of other questions on that team. I'm not Defense. sure they're, yeah, sure they're going to be willing <laughs> to compete um, at that high of a level. So North Carolina uh, State could be a, um, a yeah. Well, yeah. NC State. I feel like State. NC State is always um, sleeper. Yeah, it's like when no one's talking about them, they're going to be really good. But then when they get preseason hype, that's when they're going to be really disappointing, like we saw last year. Um, but uh, going to the Big Twelve, I have uh, Texas winning. Um, no real surprise there. Um, if you listen to the podcast, um, I think Texas is uh, going to be a really explosive offense this year. Um, I think that they're probably the most likely team to beat Alabama this year um, if someone's going to. Um, and uh, I, I do have some concerns about just the longevity of their schedule, though. Um, you know, everyone on their schedule is going to be excited to play them, and they're going to have to bring it every week, just like yeah. they always do. Everyone's going to be gunning for them. Yeah, I mean, T- TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. You know, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean, all these teams are going to 
are always going to play up when they play um, they against are. Texas. I mean, the Big 12 to me is, besides the Pac-12, the Big 12 is the most wide open as well. I mean, I think Texas is definitely the favorite, but a lot of those other schools you just mentioned all have a chance to uh, make some noise in the in the Big 12 this year. So I'm really ex- – I mean, honestly, of all the Power 5 conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are the two that I'm most excited for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Big 12 is always exciting just because it's so evenly matched. I mean, there's so many – teams i mean there's maybe only three or four teams in the conference that you know have no chance of winning it um you know versus the sec where there's only like two or three teams who have a legitimate chance of winning it um so it's it's definitely uh going to be really exciting along with the pac-12 um like you mentioned in that man the big 10 east i mean some of those matchups are going to be insane um so i'm I, i'm always excited for college football but this yeah. year especially like i feel like there's there's just so many things that could happen outside of the sec there is yeah i'm um, on the national scale um so with that being said let's go ahead and uh give out our heisman winners um i don't not a huge fan of the heisman trophy i'm not, I'm gonna, not either i'm I don't not really, gonna go i don't on, really give a shit to be honest i'm not gonna go in my soapbox about that i always do it like consider some defensive players but um, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, my projected Heisman winner this year is going to be uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas. Uh, may surprise some people, but, man, I just – I really like uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Um, I expect them to put up huge numbers. Um, I do expect them to have a couple losses on the season, so I'm not sure they're going to be, like, a um, you know, playoff contending team. But if they were, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I just uh, – I just think that they're going to put up huge numbers, and when you're a quarterback at a blue blood school, I think you get a little bit of extra attention. Well, see, uh, my Heisman pick, I, usually I've always seen the Heisman as media-driven, and the media is going to have their narrative from the preseason of who they are predict, predicting to win the Heisman, who they're wanting to win the Heisman. And as long as this guy has a good season, which he's going to have a good season, he's going to win it. I'm going to say it's going to be Caleb Williams. So you got him becoming the second player ever to uh... – to win uh, two Heisman trophies? I do. I just have a feeling he's going to win it again. I mean, I think, you know, we've only had one player ever, Archie Griffin at Ohio State. Um, I already know. I just know how the media is. He's in a big market in L.A. Um, you know, you already can just see uh, you know, ESPN game day, and especially the Fox big noon people. They're all going to be hyping Caleb Williams. They're going to have a narrative pushing by October when he's having a solid season that he should be uh, the Heisman front runner. And we should have another Heisman, um, you know, another second consecutive Heisman winner. So, yeah, well, he's he's definitely going to put up some big numbers this <laughs> he year. Is. It's just, it's just I, I just see how the media pushes things. I mean, let's say you and I are not the media. We are big time college football fans. We are not like the media, um, but I just I just know how the media works. We've we've been college football fans for decades. We know how this is going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so. Another thing that I don't love to talk about, but we will go ahead and uh, dive into it, is going to be our four playoff teams. Um, you know, obviously, most of these are going to be based off of our conference champs. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. Who, who are your final four at the end of the season? Yeah, so my final four, I mean, I guess I can go ahead and put up. I can put in order. Did you do yours in order? Uh, actually, no, I did not put mine in order, but I can probably figure it out real quick. Well, I put mine in order just based on how I think seasons are going to go. So I have Georgia, number one. I think they're just going to win the SEC championship. They're going to be undefeated. Second, I've got Texas. And I've got Texas, second seed. Third seed, I've got Michigan. Fourth seed, this is always the one that's the most controversial. I have a second Big Ten team making it, and that's going to be Penn State. I think they're going to be a little bit higher ranked than Ohio State at this point. 
I've got Penn State getting that final slot. Um, of course, I won't dive in too much, but there is a scenario that played in my mind where the SEC could miss out on the playoff this year, and that's if Georgia finds a way to stumbles, you know, in the SEC championship game, or they stumble before the SEC championship. Well, actually, I'll say the only way I see the SEC missing is if Georgia stumbles in the SEC championship game, which in your scenario, they do. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm probably um, going to be, I guess, a little bit surprising uh, not having Georgia in my Final Four. Um, I think with their schedule, if they lose the SEC championship game, if, this, if the rest of the season goes the way that I have it projected, there's going to be a lot of one-loss teams out there with much tougher schedules than Georgia has. Um, there's going to be obviously a lot of arguments about it because um, Georgia is probably still going to be seen as one of the four best teams in the country, uh, even with one loss. But I think the, the, I think the schedule and the um, conference championship is going to make a huge difference um, in the committee's mind. And I actually have Georgia missing it this year with the one loss. And that's really what's so tough about Georgia this year is um, they're not going to be able I mean, – the truth is we don't actually know how hard team schedules are going to be until the end of the season because a lot of times you look at the beginning of the season you think someone has a really hard schedule but actually they don't and then vice versa based on some teams that end up surprising being a lot better than you think they're going to be but as we sit here right now um, looking at the schedules uh, i'm not sure that georgia's going to be able to get in with one loss um so i have um and i guess i'm going to have to do this in order since you did although i'm not exactly sure how this would play out <laughs> But I'm going to have uh, Alabama, I guess, is the one seed with one loss SEC champ. Um, then Penn State, number two, one loss Big Ten champ. Um, and then I'm going to have uh, Oregon, number three, the one loss Pac-12 champ. And then uh, my fourth team is going to be a one loss Michigan who did not win the Big Ten. Um, then, uh, yeah, so that's going to be Alabama versus Michigan and Oregon versus Penn State. So we both have Penn State in the playoffs, which I think is kind of surprising. Yeah, I like Penn State a lot this year. I mean, I, there's always been a lot of, uh, you know, chatter that James Franklin can't win the big one. But I really like uh, Drew Allar. I think he's going to be able – the guy that's going to be able to push Penn State over the top. He can make all the throws. They've had issues with quarterbacks in the past that weren't able to make all the throws that James Franklin wants. I really – like how Penn State's set up this year. Their defense is going to be yeah. really stout, too. That's another thing. Their defense is going to be really awesome, along with Michigan, too. And that's why I had Penn State and Michigan ahead of Ohio State, because I think their offenses are going to be good enough to compete and be competitive. But uh, the defenses are going to be what sets them apart from Ohio State. That's why I like Michigan and Penn State to both make the playoff. Yeah, and I, I did consider making Drew Aller my Heisman Trophy winner, um, just because if Penn State is – one loss Big Ten champ he probably had a huge year and he's probably like the surprise breakout new player because I feel like you know we talk about the Heisman in the media I feel like the media is almost kind of biased against like returning big time players like I feel like they're almost like always going to be captivated by like the new shiny toy or whatever and I feel like that in my scenario that's going to be Aller so um, I definitely did consider him for the Heisman but um, I did end up going Quinn years obviously but you know, there's a Quinn Ewers is a solid pick too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say too much, but I mean, I have Texas actually going undefeated. I think that they're going to have a phenomenal season. I mean, their defense, I think, is going to be a little bit better than last year. Their offense is, you know, here we are in Sark's uh, what third year. They're going to be highly explosive yeah, this be, year. Yeah. They got a lot of returning pieces. I mean, two years ago, 2021, Texas did not look good at all, but this year, all the pieces are coming together. I really like Texas this year. 
I know the narrative around the country is Texas is back. Are they back? Are they not going to be back this year? I think we're going to be hearing Texas is back. Um, and of course I'm not a Texas fan whatsoever. Um, but I do think Texas is going to be a really awesome team this year. So who do you have as your national champ? So for my national champ, um, I've got Georgia beating Penn State in the first game. And the second game, I've got Michigan beating Texas. Oh, sorry, in the other game, Michigan beating Texas. So I've got Georgia playing Michigan. And for the national championship, I've got Michigan. Uh, wait, who did you have Michigan playing in the championship game? I had Michigan playing Georgia okay. in the championship. No, so and, I've, and I've got Michigan. And Jen Harbaugh's final season as Michigan head coach, he rides out a champion. He accomplishes what he was wanting to accomplish when he arrived in Ann Arbor. What uh, what NFL team do you think he goes to? Because didn't he? Who did he turn down last year? He turned down somebody. Was it? I don't even follow. Oh, it was, I think it was the Broncos. It was the Broncos, yeah. And of course, they ended up hiring Sean Payton. But I mean, I just think that Harbaugh, you know, with all the NCAA stuff coming up, and like especially with him having that negotiated where he's not going to have an imposed suspension and have it put on next year, that to me tells me that Harbaugh is planning to have one more season. I think they may. Maybe I, I misread something, but I believe that they um, self-imposed a three-game suspension for him this year. Three Is games? Right? Yeah. I'm Are they pretty, self-imposed? I'm pretty, well, I will double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. I just like Michigan a lot this year. They got a lot of returning pieces from last year. Their defense is going to be awesome. Offensive line is going to be really good. Um, awesome running game with Blake Corum. Really love uh, their, you know, the quarterback, uh, too. I mean – it's just it's a yeah. really it's a really good system with JJ McCarthy, best quarterback Harbaugh's had since he's been there. He's always had musical quarterbacks and a game manager. He now has a guy that can win games for them. Uh, Michigan to me is and they're just so physically dominating too. I mean they're like a SEC team from like ten years ago, but a little bit more explosive. Like I just I really like Michigan a lot this year. I think this is a uh, all in year for Michigan um, with the pieces they have. I think this is the year they finally get it done. Yeah, and uh, I did was able to confirm um, that uh, Harbaugh will miss the first three games of the season this year: East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. So, don't think they're in danger of losing any of those three games. But um, I think they did just decide to go ahead and do the suspension just to get it over with. But uh, that'll be something to look out for. I don't think that's going to make much of a difference on the season. Hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction. Um, and we did not talk about this before uh, the podcast, but. Um, Maybe we should have, because I also have Michigan winning the national title this year. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have Michigan beating Alabama in the first <laughs> round, and then I have them beating Penn State and getting their revenge for a loss earlier in the season to win really? the Really? An all-Big Ten national championship. I Man, know. SEC fans are going to be uh, throwing darts at us, considering we're called SEC slow smokes. But, you know, we're not biased. We're, we're just – yeah, we're agents. We're secret Big Ten agents. <laughs> we're just um, not biased fans. We're not just going to pick SEC teams just because SEC, SEC. Like, we're, yeah. well, we're college we all, football fans, you know, overall. SEC fans first, but we love college football. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'll take that back. If Michigan played in the SEC, they'd be, like, worse than Vanderbilt. Is that better? <laughs> Is that um, no, I, I just think that Michigan, you know, they've kind of slowly been building – um, and it's it's obviously gone a lot slower than a lot of people have expected and wanted to be, and I know a lot of people are impatient, but they've just slowly gotten better and better every single year. Um, I think I don't I'm not gonna say they passed Ohio State because I, I I don't believe that, but I I do think that they're just a much more physical team than Ohio State, and with that game being at home this year, I just think that's a good matchup for them. Um, and then as far as the playoff goes, you know. Um, 
they've made the playoff two years in a row now, lost both times in the first round. I think they're ready to take that next step and get that next win. Um, so, uh, I just think, and you know, just like you said, I mean, McCarthy um, is not the game manager. I think he gets kind of an unfair rap sometimes as a game manager, but I, I think, you know, he beat out Cade McNamara, um, who led them to the playoff. Um, he's He was now on the other side yeah, of the Big Ten. He's now at Iowa, mm-hmm. so that'll be fun. I'm <laughs> playing under Brian Ferentz. Yeah, so it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch him hand the ball off uh, 50 times a game. But uh, anyway, I mean, it's <laughs> – you know, I mean, we're just having fun with this. I mean, the truth is there's probably five or six, maybe even seven teams in the country this year who could maybe win the national title. Um, yeah, it's, it's wide open. I don't really think there's an all-out favorite this yeah. year. And, I mean, honest, if I can just say a few more things about Georgia, I mean, truthfully, like, I just sort of feel like, uh, you know, people are kind of downplaying all that they lost on offense. I mean, you know, obviously they lose um, the offensive coordinator, Munkin. Um, I thought he was a huge piece of what they were doing. I mean, before he got there, they weren't a very good offense. I mean, that they was weren't. sort of like the, the thing is they weren't a very good. And Mike Bobo, I mean, say what you want about him. He's been around forever. But, like. It's going to be a lot like. I mean, Mike I mean, Bobo is the offensive coordinator there under Mark Richt. Name a single team that Mike Bobo has been the offensive coordinator for that would like to have him back. Not many. None. I mean, there's not one. South Carolina no. fans hate him. Auburn fans hate him. Georgia fans hate him. They didn't like him when they I had him like, under Mike Rick, Mark Rick. So. And then they're losing their quarterback. I mean, Branson Robinson, their running back, is going to be out for the season. Yeah, I like, know. I don't understand why a lot of people are thinking Georgia's offense is going to be good this year. I mean, I think they're going to be okay. Um, it's going to be the defense that's going right. to really carry Georgia this season. And look, season. they got dudes everywhere. I mean, they I'm do. They have all to, sorts of athletes. You know, it's just that, like, I don't understand why people are assuming that they're just going to be awesome on offense this year. Like, I think they're going to have some struggles offensively. Um, you know, Beck may end up being great. I have no idea, but um, they've definitely got some really good receivers. Um, brought in a couple of transfers, but, you know, I do worry a little bit about just the play calling. Like, I think it's a huge thing that no one's really talking about. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I think the schedule is so easy that they're not really going to have, no, uh, you know, there's adversity. only one game. Yeah, there's only one game on their entire schedule that makes me a little nervous for them. Other than that, um, the, the only game I'm nervous for them would be at Tennessee. But other than that, I mean, their schedule's a breeze. All right. So moving on to um, going back a little bit more focused on the SEC, uh, we're going to give our surprise team, our disappointing team, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and breakout player. Um, so we'll just do these one by one. JB, who's your uh, surprise team in the SEC this year? I'm going with Missouri. And I think Missouri, you know, the last, you know, couple seasons, they've been stuck around that six and six plateau, um, you know, under Drinkwitz. This year, I've got them winning eight games, and they're going to have some impressive wins this year, too. Um, one of them being an upset against Tennessee. So I really like Missouri this year. Um, this is really a pressure year for Drinkwitz. I mean, they, they've invested a lot into him and into the program. Um, I think they're going to own up to those expectations, and they're going to take a leap forward and win eight games this year. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I like Missouri a lot this year. Um, my surprise team, if you listen to our preview last week, is going to be uh, Kentucky. Um, really like the the quarterback transfer, Devin Leary from NC State. He puts up huge numbers. Got some exciting young receivers. Um, some transfers on the offensive line I'm you know really excited about, especially uh, Cox, the left tackle. Um, so uh, I just think they're going to be a lot more um, – exciting offensively um they were exciting is probably the last word you would use to describe their offense last year um getting liam cohen back 
um, is definitely huge for them. And uh, defensively, I think they're going to be solid as usual. You know, like you mentioned, some uh, new guys in the secondary, but um, defense has never really been a huge problem for Mark Stoops in his time there. So I do expect uh, them to be a really solid team. Um, it sucks that this year they draw Alabama from the West. Um, just a really tough draw for them. Uh, that game is at home. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't th- I don't expect them to win that game. I don't expect them to beat Georgia, but I do have them winning uh, a big upset win at home over Tennessee. It's probably going to be uh, the highlight of their season in my projections. Um, and then, obviously, that November stretch is going to be what determines the season. I mean, uh, the schedule gets really tough there in, in uh, November, three road games, as well as a home game against Alabama. Um, so that's really going to is going to be what de- what defines their season. But I, I really like Kentucky to surprise some people this year. Um, but as far as teams that might be disappointing, um, I'll let you go ahead and go. Well, who's your disappointing team this year? Yeah, my, my disappointing team is going to be Florida. I mean, I know last year they went 6-6, six and six, but main reason is, one, their schedule. Two, I don't trust Graham Mertz. I just don't. Like, I just think he has a noodle arm. I don't think he's going to be able to make the plays and the throws that Anthony Richardson was able to make last year. He can't scramble like Anthony Richardson either. Um, they're going to try to ground and pound, and I just don't think their offensive line is going to be good enough to establish the run. Um, you know, in most games, like, I I just don't have a lot of faith in Florida this year. I got him, you know, as the most disappointing team. Yeah, well, I, I think most people kind of expect Florida to not be good this year, except for Florida fans. I think they're the only ones who – Expect to be good. They are. But and who uh, knows? Maybe Florida fans know something that we don't. But I just I don't have a lot of faith in Florida. I think this is going to be a um, down year for them, almost like a rebuild. Like honestly, I, th- I would have said this too. Like last year, if Dan Mullen was a coach last year, they would have finished better than the record they had last yeah, year. I think so. they would have finished better than six and six. I mean, I to me, though, I can talk about Dan Mullen forever, but um, I think the issue is just recruiting. Like. It is. Billy Napier is going to recruit a lot better than Dan Mullen is. He has been recruiting a lot better. But the fact is, Dan Mullen's a far more proven coach. And Yeah, um, he would have gotten more out of that team last year. Of course, I think Florida fans are just tired of the bad recruiting and then having the bad season, the down season he had. I think that was really the what, you know, was the last straw for them. Yeah, but, uh, you know, look, they could be a decent team this year. It's just their schedule is just – Relentless. I mean, it's just going to be the same thing for my disappointing team. But when you play two tough Power Five teams out of conference, one of whom is a big, like, hated in-state rival, um, on top of your regular eight SEC games, like, it's just it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to have a good record. I mean, it doesn't mean you're not a good team. It's just going to be tough to have a good record because um, it's a really tough schedule. Um, my disappointing team is a team that I feel like some people are kind of hyping up, and I feel like their fans are expecting to take the next step because of how they finished in that last season. And it's going to be South Carolina. Um, obviously, I, I like Shane Beamer. Um, I like their special team. Spencer Rattler is a really exciting quarterback who can make a ton of throws. You know, Juice Wells, outstanding receiver, all conference. Um, you know, Nick Harbour, the tight end. I think we're all like really excited to watch him play. Um, but uh, I, I just I have a lot of concerns about the offensive line um, in the running back room. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball consistently. I think they're going to be very predictable on offense. Um, obviously, they bring in a new offensive coordinator who hasn't really had any success um, as a play caller, um, was not a play caller last year at Arkansas. Um, you know, I, I just have a lot of concerns. Um, I'm sure Spencer Rattler will put up a ton of yards. Um, I'm sure that they'll you know, have some games where they put up a lot of points. But uh, I just think they're going to be a little bit disappointing um, overall as a team. Um, and then defensively, kind of the same issues. Like, 
Um, they did not stop the run well at all last year. Um, and when you play in the SEC, teams are going to be able to get physical with you. Um, you know, if you injuries start piling up, it can get ugly really quick. Yeah. Um, we, we like some of the pieces they have in the secondary. Um, so, you know, this, I'm not saying they're completely bare on defense, but, um, you know, running the ball against South Carolina is going to come a lot easier than, uh, than it would for um, a good team. And I think that uh, – I just think that they're going to be – I don't necessarily, I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team. I just think they're going to be disappointing based on, you know, maybe the step people are, are expecting them to take. And that's really how I have them, too. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how people would call my record, you know, disappointing or not. But, I mean, I have them just maintaining status quo at 7-5, which is what they've done the last two seasons. I think a lot of their fans especially, but there are a lot of media pundits that think they can take that leap and win eight or nine games. I don't see that with them this year. I think eight is really um, their ceiling. Um, but I have them a 7-5, which I guess to a lot of South Carolina fans, that would be a little disappointing to them. Yeah, and uh, maybe they'll pull an upset somewhere. They'll, maybe they'll get like a big a big uh, upset win somewhere along the way, um, kind of like they were able to do last year and kind of have some excitement. But uh, moving on to SEC Offensive Player of the Year, uh, JB, who is, your, um, who is yours? Mine is K.J. Jefferson, which I've elaborated on so much. Best quarterback in the SEC. He's going to put up a lot of stats this year. Um, he's going to be the heart and soul of that Arkansas team. I like K.J. Jefferson to win off as a player of the year. Yeah, that's a good one. I think a lot of people are, are expecting him to have a big year this year. Uh, mine is going to be uh, the Kentucky quarterback transfer, Devin Leary from NC State. I kind of already talked about him, but um, put up a lot of numbers at uh, NC State. Uh, has a ton of experience. Was a starter there for, I think, three years. Um, you know, they got a really talented young receiving group. Uh, for him to throw to both the tight ends are back um and uh you know obviously like i mentioned liam cohen coming back um he was really good two years ago as their play caller um really the only offense coordinator who's had success there during the stoops era so um i expect them to to take a step forward offensively this year um and i expect uh, larry to put up a lot of big numbers and lead kentucky to a surprising season um, kind of going along with my surprise team there kentucky no, that's that's a good pick right there, and uh, obviously we all we both have an SEC Defensive Player of the Year too. Um, I'm going with uh, Kool Aid McKinstry. I think he's the next line of uh, really good defensive backs that Saban's had ever since he's been there. I mean, you go back to some really good ones like Ha Ha Clinton Dix or uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I think Kool Aid McKinstry is the next in that long line of you know really great defensive backs. And also, I just love the name Kool Aid too. I just got to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a that is a pretty nice nickname. Um, yeah, I think our defensive players aren't as uh, as out of nowhere as our uh, defensive players are because mine is, I think, one that most people are going to have, which is going to be Harold Perkins, um, linebacker at LSU. May, may, might be the best overall player in the conference. Um, was really outstanding last year as a uh, freshman. Top five pick. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a, a top five pick and everything like that. Um, all American, all those things. Um, they did move him to middle linebacker this year, which I was kind of surprised by. I thought that he was really valuable as a uh, edge rusher, but you know I'm sure that they can still do some of that on third and longs and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I trust Brian Kelly; he knows a lot more about football than I do. But um, excited to see him this year. I think he's going to be the best defensive player in the conference. Um, but uh, you know the SEC, there's always going to be guys on defense. I'm sure there's someone we haven't talked about at all that's going to have a huge year and come out of nowhere. I mean, we weren't talking about Harold Perkins this time last year. so No, we weren't. Um, 
you know, there's always uh, potential for some more breakout players. Um, speaking of breakout players, uh, JB, um, my uh, SEC breakout player of the year is going to be uh, Texas A&M freshman running back Ruben Owens. Um, obviously, we talked about Devon Chan moving on. Um, so there is a position open there. Uh, Rupert Owens was the second ranked running back in the country, I believe, last year. Um, I, I feel like I do this a lot and it never works out. Um, I love like these five-star freshman running backs coming into a position where they can play as a freshman. Um, but they typically never work out, but I'm just gonna keep uh, going to that well. Um, so he's my breakout player this year. Um, I don't expect Texas A&M's offense to be great this year. But we know Jimbo likes to run the ball, and he's had some great running backs. And I think Owens is the next one. No, that's a good pick. I like that. I mean, of course, you know, placing a chain too. I mean, that's what Jimbo Fisher's going to want. He's going to want that awesome running back, a reliable running back. And I think he's going to be, you know, basically being a freshman. I mean, you can also say he's going to be the breakout freshman too, if you want to look at it that way. Um, for my breakout player, I went back and forth between two guys. It was really hard for me to pick. Um, um, but I ended up going to Devin Leary, slight edge over Joe Milton. Um, and obviously, I know he's your offensive player of the year. Of course, mine's KJ Jefferson. I'm, I think Devin Leary is going to be the breakout, though. Um, I really like what he, you know, did at NC State. He was a really big, you know, big-time player over at NC State in Raleigh. And also like that Liam Cohn is back with the system. So now we got a, you know, Liam Cohn and then a big-time transfer coming in like two years ago with Will Levis. He had his best season two years ago. I think Devin Leary is going to have a really good season this year at Kentucky. I like him to be the breakout player that everyone's going to be talking about by the end of September. Yep, and uh, so we've got some things in common for sure. We both got Devin Leary having a big year at Kentucky. Uh, we both have Michigan winning the national title and Penn State making the playoff. Uh, we both only have one SEC team in the playoff. So we both have Texas doing really well this year, although I think you have them doing better than I do. Yeah, I got Texas finishing undefeated, which a lot of people may not have them doing that well, but I just really like Texas this year. Um, I know that you and I didn't really go and dive into this too much, but I mean, I guess I would like to go ahead and just say who I would say is a group of five team that I think oh, it, yeah, that I could spoil that, that could spoil the uh, playoff party potentially. But at least if they don't spoil it, they're going to be the New Year's Six bid from the group of five. Um, I like Boise State. Do you have a pro one program that you think is going to be the team that emerges from the group of five as the best group of five team this year? It's always so tough with the group of five. I mean, you just really don't know. Um, I mean, I hate to say Tulane just because – Everyone's you know, picking Tulane. Yeah, plus, they won the Cotton Bowl last year, so, I mean, it's not like it's a huge stretch. Um, but if, if they can beat Ole Miss, um, you know, in that early season at a conference matchup, um, then I, I think they have a really good shot to be that team. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't know if I have a specific one that I'm just like, you know, yeah, that one's going to be um, the team this year. But I, I know someone will pop up. Someone always does. It's always a really good story. Um, yeah. I, I love I love when the the power the group of five team gets to match up against the power five team. I in do, the too. Game. Oh, that Tulane hosting Ole Miss, that is a scary game for Ole Miss, um, especially being hosted by Tulane. I'm sure you remember a few years ago. Ole Miss losing at Memphis, you know, and Memphis was a group of five team that emerged that year. Tulane, you know, is looking to be one of those contenders. I will say one under-the-radar group of five program this year that a lot of people should be keeping an eye on is UTSA. Um, the issue with them is that they do have one tough non-conference game at Tennessee, but even if they just ran the table and lost at Tennessee in a competitive fashion, um, look at them to be that group of, you know, New Year's Six team as well. Oh yeah, that's that's a exciting pick there as well. Um, 
Did you happen to see, um, switching gears here, did you happen to see that uh, do- new Dr. Pepper commercial last night? No, but I, I, I had a feeling that they were going to be uh, you know, having some debuts for a new uh, line of yeah. uh, Fansville commercials this year. I do feel very attacked by one of them, I have to say. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was this uh, the guy recording a podcast, and he was like, you know, every fan has to have their own podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, shit, I'm attacked on that too, but... Um, the commercials that I feel the most attacked at, and like here I am, I'm in my early 30s, but I feel sometimes attacked by those progressive Dr. Rick commercials. Um, you know, those commercials, uh, new homeowners turning into your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those, like like the one a couple of years ago when they were at a football game, and the guy was talking about talk par- parking near the exits, and then we could just, you know, shoof, wish on out. Like, can we not I, talk about when we're gonna leave before we walk in? <laughs> like, I don't think I'm that extreme, but I definitely factor in where I'm parking when I go to sporting events. Which I guess you know that just comes with age now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do have. I do. I am developing some of those dad qualities, um, even though I don't have any children. But I am still uh, developing some of those qualities. And yeah, I, I did feel a little attacked by that. I was like, you know, oh, okay, yeah. I guess every every fan does have their own podcast now. <laughs> Uh, but uh, a- anyway, that was kind of exciting. Um, is there anything else? Um, I guess just going into the se- I, you know what we should do one more thing. Let's do um, uh, hot seat coaches. And the- let's just do the SEC though. Um, do you see any SEC coaches getting fired this year? And do you have like a maybe a couple to watch out for? I mean, I think in the SEC, I mean, it has to be Jimbo Fisher's got the most nuclear seat going into this year. I, the issue with him is that he has such a big buyout. But AM has deep pockets. I think if he has another disappointing season this year, um, and they don't have a almost a 180 where they went five wins last year, they can't get, you know, nine wins this year. I think he's gone. Yeah, I, I don't think Jimbo is going to survive the season. That's just my projection, um, just because I don't, I just don't see them making that big of a turnaround in one season. Um, you know, I know they got to watch out for. Um, because there's a couple of coaches that if they have a disappointing year this year, I think they could be on their way out. Um, I know the obvious one is Billy Napier. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they just look really bad this year. Even with awesome recruiting, that's all yeah. you're going to have is a positive and like that can maybe have a survive and get a third season. Yeah. It's going to be like the opposite of Dan Mullen. Um, but, uh, the another guy to watch out for if they have a disappointing season, which I don't expect them to. I expect them to be good this year. But your breakout team, Missouri, um, Eli Drinkwitz, if they have another disappointing season this year, you know maybe six and six, five and seven, um, I could see him on, on the way out as well. Um, that's a possibility. Yeah. But that's only if they have a disappointing year this year, which I don't think they're going to. I'm not calling for that. But uh, if if that were to happen, um, that's one to watch out for. I don't necessarily think anyone else in the SEC is really in trouble getting fired this year. There's not a lot of turnover I really see coming, except maybe for Jimbo Fisher and one other guy, you know, out of that group, you know, between um, what was it, Drinkwitz and Napier. Maybe one of those two, along with Jimbo, is the two that are on the way out. But, yeah, I think this year, I mean, there's not going to be as much moving parts with what, head coaches. I have one more, though. What if uh, talk about a team that we don't necessarily project to be – disappointing this year but if they were that they could potentially lose uh get rid of their coaches mississippi state i wonder if like in year one with a senior laden team if mississippi state goes like five and seven or four and eight or something like that this year which i mean i don't i don't expect them to necessarily but it could potentially happen um you know with all the turnover on their roster would it be a good time to just go ahead and say you know what like we gave you a year 
with a good team and you were disappointing. So we're just going to, we're just going to bring in someone else to rebuild from scratch. Well, what's his buyout? I mean, he's only getting paid two million a year, so it can't be. And I wonder how long his contract is. So his buyout, man, well, it, be that it can't, much. it can't be more than four years because the state of Mississippi doesn't allow you to have a public. So yeah. So it's probably not a big buyout. So yeah, that honestly, this could be just like a one year test trial for him, but, but by giving him the four year contract, it makes recruiting easier for him at the same time. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, I'm not projecting any of these things to happen. I'm just, you know, it's just, all hypothetical. Uh, the only projection I'm making this year, in terms of a coach getting fired, is Jimbo Fisher. And I think a lot of us are going to agree that Jimbo is probably on the way out. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a bad season, but it's going to be a bad season in College Station terms. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, when you're in what this is year six for him, and you're at a school that recruits like they do, and you're still, you know, struggling to beat the Mississippi schools in Arkansas. Yeah. And by this know, point, you're. And and they're expecting to be competing for the college football playoff every year, and this is not what you're expecting. Year six with Jimbo Fisher, the classes he's brought in, and him, the pedigree that he brought in as well too. Like this is not acceptable. So yeah, that, that's why I see even seven or eight wins is still a decent season. It's not a good season in College Station. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, with that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Um, we're at 48 minutes right now, so I think that's a, that's little, a good number. Yeah, it's a good number. I mean, we usually are not going to be for, more than 45 minutes on a podcast, but uh, since it was a preview, we just had a lot to get into today. Um, but I'm excited for our next podcast, which will be either probably Tuesday or Wednesday. What do you think, JB? Yeah, I'm thinking um, Tuesday will be a, probably a yeah. good night to go so, ahead and put some record another recording in we'll probably just do week one predictions that yep, that's so right. now we just do week one predictions that's we'll gonna do, be the fun we'll, part yeah we'll do some predictions we'll do uh we're gonna pick all the sec games by the spread right that is correct and, and then probably pick the other big games that are non-sec yeah so uh looking forward to that um just something to keep an eye out for um if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about um you can always find us at sec slow smoked on instagram and twitter um, as well as our Gmail account, which is just secslowsmoke at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yep. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's holtsmash1166. And what's yours, JB? MRJB underscore Brooks. All right. Well, there it is. Um, until next time, y'all take it easy. We'll see you all in the next one.